HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. We're broadcasting live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn to bring you all the best words about food, maybe even some food about words. I'm your host, Talia Ralph. And before we start today's delicious show, I just want to take 30 seconds to thank you all for being such wonderful and engaged listeners of the network. Um, This week is the final week of our fundraising drive here at Heritage Radio And we're lucky enough to have a generous sponsor who's actually offered to double all of our donations from this week. Um, So we'd love to see you renew or start your membership with us today or um, this week only. It will go twice as far. So thank you guys so much for your support. Um, And please do consider becoming a member or renewing your membership. And speaking of things that are better when doubled, today is an incredibly special day in the studio because we have not one but two ice cream purveyors in the building with us. Just like a double scoop of ice cream, donations and guests are just the kind of thing that are usually better in twos. So both my inner child and outer food journalist is thrilled to welcome Brian Smith and Jackie Kuskuna, the husband and wife team behind the beloved Prospect Heights ice cream shop, Ample Hills Creamery, to the studio. Ample Hills has finally let the world in on the secrets of their addictive ice cream concoctions this summer with their new cookbook, Ample Hills Secrets and Stories from Brooklyn's Favorite Ice Cream Shop. So we're thrilled to have both of you here on Eat Your Words. I hope you guys don't mind that in my excitement, I've gone ahead and dubbed the episode The Ice Cream Party. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much for being here with us. Um, So I guess we could start with with the, you know, first things first, which is what is it about ice cream, you think? It's one of those foods that, that people seem to be head over heels in love with in a way that, you know, people don't get like that about cake or brownies or, you know, maybe there's a handful of savory foods that people get sort of excited about. But ice cream is, you know, <laughs> people are obsessed. And what, what do you think it now, is about it? Well, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, I, I, I feel the same way personally about it. I mean, uh, growing up, uh, ice cream was the sort of first uh, food love, you know, that I had. And I, I do think that it is sort of uniquely American and, and part of our uh, mythology that uh, that we have this, um, 
you know, love and for ice cream, you know, and going to ice cream parlors. It's part of our cinematic history and old movies and soda fountains. And um, there is something uh, somewhat mysterious about it. It's a, I think it's easier to make a cookie or a cupcake at home than it is to make ice cream at home, although it's not impossible. And so it's, it, it, it becomes, um, it's also a communal thing. People go to the ice cream parlor of old or when they're making ice cream at home with a, a hand crank. So it definitely has that, um, that feel uh, of it that's part of our, our, our myth and our popular culture. And it's fun and playful, and you can do, like, really creative things with ice cream. Um, it's not um, as scientific as, as baking a cake and um, timing it correctly. You can add things, you can take things away, and then add some more. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure, yeah. I think the point about nostalgia is really great, and you actually... Both of you have great, you know, first ice cream memories that you share in the book. Do you want to talk a little bit about about sort of your first first ice cream experience? <clears throat> uh, I grew up in South Florida, and we had a, a Swinson's that we used to go to. Swinson's, uh, I think they're still out in California. There might be some, but uh, the one that I went to in South Florida, I think, is long gone. But uh, they used to have a bubblegum ice cream, and that was my favorite thing, big pieces of bubblegum in it. And uh, so it was definitely it was one of the first flavors that we created when we opened the shop on uh, Vanderbilt Avenue. It was to, to try to make an all-natural uh, bubblegum ice cream from scratch. And so, you know, when we went and researched what bubblegum is, I mean, the flavor that we associate with what bubblegum is had to have come from somewhere. It didn't start as an artificial flavor. It had to originate somewhere. And so uh, when I discovered that it's it's really a combination of fruit flavors, a lemon and orange uh, and raspberry. Cinnamon. Cinnamon, uh, which is not fruit, but the, the lemon and the orange <laughs> and the raspberry give you the uh, this sort of vague fruitiness that you can't identify. And then the cinnamon and then some vanilla give you this sort of minty... Uh, back kick to it and when you mix them together in the right proportions it tastes like bubble gum and you can use all natural or organic extracts and and so that was definitely that was a flavor that we started with that we uh, that was inspired by you know me going to Swenson's and it was our daughter's favorite flavor yeah. <laughs> and you grew up in Queens well I grew up in New York and in Queens and Kew Gardens and I grew up going to Eddie's Sweet Shop which um, we still go to and I took Brian there when um, when we first started dating, and he was like, "Wow, this is so cool." They had come up stairs from the basement with this huge tub of whipped cream, like as a mound, a mountain. And as a kid, I remember sitting there with my grandmother. My grandmother's favorite flavor was strawberry, and we'd sit and, and have. Um, we'd always get the fresh whipped cream on top, and mm -hmm. it's um, it's something that you know I was able to include Brian in, and then the rest of our family and. I always thought um, I'd love to have a place like this, you know, near us in Brooklyn. Um, and now we do. Now we have two. <laughs> and you guys started it, yeah. Um, so you you also have this sort of wonderful um, story behind starting the shop. And I know that it, it was a huge leap of faith for you guys to sort of, especially you, Brian, sort of leave your career and, and leave the option of a really full-time job um, and that security um, yeah. I'm wondering, obviously you look back on it as worth it, but I'm wondering what it felt like for you to sort of be like, yeah. no, I'm going to do the thing right. that yeah. is it, a fantasy. It was, it was definitely the hardest 
I guess it was the hardest decision that ever made, although in retrospect it's probably fairly easy because I just uh, knew I would have been miserable in the alternative. But, yeah, I mean, I, my background was doing this, was doing radio, doing radio drama, producing and directing radio drama and public radio and uh, also for streaming and then doing audio books and books on tape and so... Uh, and some screenwriting, some bad monster movies, uh, that kind of thing. But um, it was it was difficult to sort of make that decision. You know, at the time I had an offer to 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 go be a full time audiobook producer and run a, a book publisher's audiobook division. And um, we were that was the week that we were about to sign the lease on our first shop on Vanderbilt. So it was this great moment of uh, the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder and wondering, you know, what, what do you, what do you do? And uh, it was, um, you know, I figured for sure Jackie would be, you know, take the job. We've got two kids, and uh, I was uh, sort of shocked to sort of find out that she was m more interested in me being a you know not miserable because I, I would have been miserable had I done that and always wondered what if you know and so uh, it, it uh, you know bless her but uh, you <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah what was, was that like for you Jackie I it really wasn't that hard um, because I also knew that I was keeping my uh, teaching job, you know, to keep the security for me there and um, um, health insurance and health insurance exactly. And so, and so, to me, it it, it was like, let's take the risk. Let's let's do it. Let's check it out. I mean, if it if it fails, it fails. But you know, whatever you know, stuff you know, you never know. And uh, so it, it wasn't it wasn't as as hard I think for me as it was for him. He projected a lot onto yeah. me. Well, I had the weight <laughs> of the decision because if it, you know it was it was my ice cream that I was making, and if uh, people didn't like it or people didn't show up, it was on me. And uh, here we were given this escape hatch, really, uh, you know, to like um, you know to take the job and abandon the the fantasy. It was a sure thing. Or you take the the thing that's by no means a sure thing and go for it. You know, I think you had more faith than I did in the ice cream. Right, yeah. because I knew it was amazing. I knew it was really good, and you know, it's easier as the taster, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you're not the one creating it. Yeah, it's funny how life will do that to you. Like mm -hmm. when you have to make a decision, we'll just throw that other yep. thing in there, and you're like, God, this was already hard enough. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Way to, you know, put that little canary, yeah. little escape hatch. Um, and do you are you now at the shop full time, Jackie? When did you sort of are you still teaching? I am still teaching. Um, yes, this summer I am at the shop full time. <laughs> Come September, I will be back teaching. Um, I, I yeah, it's it's a very difficult um, task to well multitask in this way. I have to say, um, but at present, um, yes, I'm still. A teacher for sure although i guess the schedule i mean summer's off school's out people want ice cream exactly yep yep cool and um can you guys tell the story behind the name i love it it's mm -hmm. such a <laughs> i mean it's a beautiful um, name and i actually never knew yeah. until i read the book so oh, where yeah. that came from um yes it's not a pornography name uh, <laughs> as much as yeah yeah well jackie was uh definitely suspect of the name when I sort of suggested it to her at first uh, 
thinking uh, that people would, you know, uh, not see through to the poetry of it. Yeah. Uh, it. It's from Whitman's Leaves of Grass, Crossing Brooklyn Ferry, specifically the poem, and uh, I Too Lived, Brooklyn of Ample Hills was mine. And the poem, it just, uh, it's a beautiful, that particular piece of that particular poem is all about these connections through time of people uh, in places. Whitman is walking uh, in Brooklyn, he's standing at the river's edge and seeing the seagulls and he's seeing the clouds and he's seeing the buildings and he's talking to us a hundred years, a hundred and fifty years later saying, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the same things you're looking at. And there's this sense of community and communal experience that um, really uh, captured what we wanted to build out of an ice cream shop. It was almost more than ice cream. It was about creating that third place, you know, a place where uh, people gathered uh, to spend. There's a lot of good places to eat ice cream, but there's not that many good places to eat ice cream and also sort of pass the day. And uh, so that was really important to us. And that, the, that line from that poem and that poem captured that. And also the beautiful sort of pastoral sense, you know, people think Ample Hills, they don't think Brooklyn because Brooklyn is concrete, you know, it's, it's buildings and brownstones, it's beautiful, but it's the hills have mostly been paved over, uh, but there used to be lots of hills covered in grasses, and there used to be lots of cows on those hills, and there used to be lots of dairy farms in Brooklyn. All of those are gone, so uh, it's a, it was a nice way to sort of touch back on the history of, of Brooklyn, I think. Mm-hmm. And do you guys, I mean, I know you're crazy because you're about to open your second location mm-hmm. but do you find yourself sort of standing back and looking at the shop and feeling like hey we we did make that yeah yeah no sometimes it's just really overwhelming and I think especially since we're in the process of opening up the new shop and just seeing how incredible it is and how much um, excitement is generated um, from the public and people just coming in and wanting to know when we're going to open and um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I also love, I mean, you guys seem to pull inspiration from all over the place. I mean, from Whitman and you have a background in monster movies and I know some of your, your flavors are inspired by those sort of sci-fi stories and also the nostalgic flavors, um, that you guys remember. What are some of your inspirations? Have you found any new ones? I mean, where do you sort of pull your ideas for yeah, we. I mean, that's the that's the joy in it is trying to find new flavors and new ideas. Ice cream is is such a great food for that kind of endless creativity, like soup. I mean, you can really do anything with it. You know, there are only so many ways to cook a hamburger, but uh, ice cream, literally, you can make anything out of ice cream. Not all of it would taste good, but uh, it, it's so much fun to. Uh, walk down the the aisle of the grocery store and look for ideas for flavors it's um you know to go to the movies to look for ideas for books we we get ideas from customers on our facebook page we're always doing that right now we're in the middle of uh, the summer movie season at brooklyn bridge park they do a sci-fi movies with a view out outdoor movies and like for example this week on thursday they're showing a sharknado <laughs> sequel uh and um, so we're designing a flavor to coincide with the you know the premiere of that movie down at the at the waterfront. And so customers are coming up with ideas, and then we'll make it this week and sell it down there. So that kind of thing. For Gowanus, we're actually starting one that's sort of yeah based on some of my background in writing you know bad monster movies, and so that's called It Came from Gowanus, and you know old fifties movies. It came from outer space, or it came from beneath the sea. So um, we've designed a, a new flavor uh, around 
the Gowanus Canal, and uh, so that'll be exclusive to the shop. So, yeah, if I if I had to wake up every morning and just make vanilla and chocolate and strawberry, I think uh, you know I would lose my mind. So it's the, to me, it's the the joy in trying to sort of always in search of that, you know, great perfect ice cream flavor. You know, sort of always being in search of it. Uh, if I ever find it, then I'll just retire. But I don't think that, that'll. <laughs> well, you have that. to tell us what what is in it. What came from Gowanus. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. It came from Gowanus. Is um, that's going to be a it's a salted chocolate fudge ice cream. So we made our sort of deepest, darkest, murkiest chocolate fudge ice cream with uh, lots of Valrhona cocoa powder and uh, dark chocolate pieces and melted in, and then a lot of sea salt. And um, and then inside of that are these all these different surprises. There's brownies with Grand Marnier in them, so they're sort of orange-scented brownies uh, in that salted chocolate fudge ice cream. And then we also did a variation on our crack cookies from our salted crack caramel ice cream. So it's a butter-sugar mix on a saltine cracker coated in chocolate is our normal crack cookie. And this one is, uh, uh, instead, there's a hazelnut paste, a praline paste, in the butter and sugar. And then we also coat them in jandouille, uh, like a hazelnut chocolate. And then on top to represent the oysters that are going to be used as part of the cleanup in the Gowanus Canal, there's white chocolate pearls on it. So it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of different things going on there, which is what Gowanus feels like. It's sort of lots of surprises and, and things happening, you know. That's yeah. great. I like the pearls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good touch. Um, so we're actually going to take just a quick break, but don't worry, we'll be right back with more ice cream talk from Brian and Jackie of Ample Hills Creamery, um, who've written one of the coolest cookbooks of the summer, I think. So this is Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio. Keep your spoons at the ready. We'll be right back. summer dress Oh kid, she doesn't need your help She studied art in Spain Hey, I'm Michael Harlan Turkel, host of The Food Scene Do you love us? Do you really? Do you count on us for real food news and content? Oh, we need your help HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a non-profit organization which means we depend on underwriting, grants and the support of members like you to keep broadcasting Help keep our voice alive Visit heritageradionetwork.org and click the donate button today. We promise to never stop in our mission to create a world that's more sustainable, equitable, and delicious by expanding the way eaters think about food. Thanks for listening and thanks for showing your support. Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Hey, what's up? This is John Norris, and you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. 
Hello, and welcome back to Eat Your Words. This is your host, Talia Ralph, and we're broadcasting live from Roberta's. We're chatting with Brian and Jackie of Ample Hills Creamery, who have been out for a couple months now with their new cookbook, um, sharing all the secrets from their incredible ice cream shop and actually getting ready to open up a second location in Gowanus tomorrow. Um, so, Brian, in the introduction of the book, um, we've been talking a little bit about movies and your movie background, and especially in the summer, um, sort of the great outdoor movies in Brooklyn. Um, and you compare making ice cream to making a movie and that both are sort of, you know, require a certain amount of obsessiveness. Um, and wondering if that comparison transfers to making a cookbook as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, that's, um, yeah, it does. It, it was very strange to come back to writing, uh, you know, having written... Uh, monster movies for a few years to go and leave that writing life behind because uh, writing I found so anxiety producing and so uh, the, you know at the end of the day you don't really know whether you've written any good sentences but at the end of the day I have a pretty good idea of whether I've made good ice cream and so that uh, made for a lot better sleep at night and so to go back to writing uh, after having left writing uh, was actually gratifying because uh, it was um, it was it was just it was a lot less stressful. First of all, I had Jackie was co-writing it, and then Lauren Kalen, our, our director of marketing, was illustrating it and also helping to write it. So it was not a solo effort. So that that created a lot more help. <laughs> and um, but it was it it, it was definitely. Um, a lot of fun to try to think about how we could do a cookbook that wasn't just a whole series of recipes, which is what, you know, most cookbooks are, are a set of recipes. So we wanted to do something that had, uh, that captured the, the, the mood of the shop and the playfulness of the shop. So it's why, you know, we came up with a children's story that is interwoven throughout the cookbook uh, with our mascots, our characters, and then a lot of children's activities that Jackie and Lauren worked on. Um, so it was it was a it was a real joint effort and a lot more gratifying honestly than uh, than writing a TV movie that I don't have the control over at the end of the day you know but the cookbook was you know the thing that you see in your hands is what we envisioned it to be which is not the same thing as a as a screenplay. You know? I mean, we wanted to invite people into the book the way that we invite people into our shop and for the book to be as interactive as possible and for as many people who love ice cream as possible. So, um, which is why we have the story and the children's activities and then the, you know, various little like sidebars about our staff, um, who are also a real, you know, big integral part of who we are as an ice cream shop. Um, so that was one of the things we wanted to make sure. And I'm wondering, um, what was it like writing the book together, but also, I mean, working together? I know that only happens in the summer, but if you guys can sort of comment on... Um, it's what? most intense during the summer. <laughs> right. For various reasons. One is that, you know, obviously, like, we're swamped, and it's crazy, and we're busy, and um, so we're we're really, you know, working closely together. Um and I don't know, you want to add something to that? No, the kids are out of school, so <laughs> yeah. that adds another layer of <laughs> anxiety yeah. and stress. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, I mean, this, this summer in particular, just with opening the new shop tomorrow, it's been, uh, you know, the undertaking, it's four times as large as the original shop. It's four times as many people, you know, involved in it. There's just a thousand more decisions to be made. So it's um, definitely been a, a, a difficult <laughs> and exciting time. But Yeah. 
you guys have two young kids, right? We do. <laughs> that must be, I mean, a kid's dream. But what is it like? I mean, do they inspire the flavors? And, and then conversely, how do you sort of keep them in check from going crazy and eating all the ice cream they want? Because... Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, we had our, our daughter's eighth birthday party at the shop yesterday, actually, um, you know, two days pre-opening. So it was a little uh, insane. And um, and she definitely wanted to have her party at the shop. Like, she was very sure of it. And she knew what flavor she wanted, chocolate milk and cookies. Um, so... It's great in the one hand that they can kind of say, oh, my parents have an ice cream shop. And, you know, she really is kind of the most popular kid in her class because of it, which is nice. <laughs> but then on the flip side of that, we have to limit the amount of ice cream. You know, she comes in the shop and they're both like, okay, ice cream, ah, ah, you know, and they're, they're kind of crazed. And, you know, and they'll see their friends online or they'll see their friends in the shop. And, well, so, you know, Sophia's getting ice cream pan. I have some. I'm like, well, you know, you, you just had a little and we don't want to do this every single day and um you know so that part is challenging it seems great um but it can be difficult to limit their intake hey do you guys have you guys developed any like tactics or tricks i mean to give them no. like a spoonful every hour yeah, no <laughs> no we have nothing, uh, nothing. No, mostly they just eat it every day yeah they basically. just don't have it uh, they just don't have a lot that's all yeah, Which we just more or less like I mean I used to eat a lot more ice cream than I eat now because when I was writing the anxiety I'd buy pints of Ben and Jerry's and eat the whole thing. Now I, I sort of eat ice cream all day long but it's it's little bits and pieces. I don't sit down and get two scoops and hot fudge and whipped cream on it. So I think it's it's sort of like that with them too. So and do they help out? Do they help with They certainly creation? would like to, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we <laughs> they help out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, well, Nona likes to use that spray bottle and, yeah. you know, wipe things down. She was doing yeah. that yesterday a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah. Two extra sets of yeah. little hands, right? Um, so ice cream, I mean, it's pretty simple as recipes go. It's just, you know, mostly four ingredients, right? Milk, sugar, eggs, uh, cream. But I'm wondering where it gets tricky and sort of you have advice for people who are taking on making ice cream at home, which always seemed really daunting to me, but you did it for a long time, Brian, sort of where people trip up and maybe some um, easy right. pointers. Well, the the biggest challenge to making ice cream at home is to, is to not make... Uh, icy ice cream i mean it's it's one of those things that um commercial ice cream is usually smoother and creamier than when you make ice cream at home and the number one ingredient the number one reason is not the quality of the ingredients you can use better ingredients at home than you can get in uh most commercial ice cream but it's the freezers and so at home your freezers only usually go down to zero degrees your home freezer you know when ice cream is made they put it into a, a deep freezer negative 20 negative 30 degrees and the colder you can get the ice cream the faster that you can get it that cold and freeze it the fewer ice crystals grow the less time they have to grow and so that's the biggest challenge so uh, one of the things that uh, we recommend is throwing out your entire refrigerator and freezer no uh, we, you just uh, <laughs> having the best freezer you can but also to use um, skim milk powder which is basically dehydrated milk and it's giving you more um, milk 
solids into your ice cream. And so you can buy that at any grocery store. Carnation makes it. Organic Valley has an organic version. And so what it's doing is the, the, the water, the natural water that's in milk or in cream uh, will uh, combine with the powder and give you more uh, milk solids and, and basically absorb some of that and, give, and, and make your finished product less icy. And the other thing is just what ice cream maker you're using. And so if you're using one of those gel insert ones, it's going to be difficult to get ice cream that's really smooth and creamy because they just don't get cold enough. Now, a little home ice cream maker that's got a compressor, that can get colder. Or a hand-cranked one, which is really messy, but it's a lot more fun to do with rock salt and ice. That I, The rock salt can drop the freezing temperature of the ice to colder than most home compressors can do. And so you can make your ice cream freeze up quicker which again is fewer crystals and, and a creamier, smoother thing. You can always increase the number of egg yolks to make it more custardy. That also gives you more solids and less water per you know ounce of ice cream, and so that also will make it less icy. Um, so yeah, those are those are some of the tricks uh, that, that we do at home and, and in the shop. And do you remember? I mean, you definitely have had successes with a lot of flavors but one of my favorite little parts of the book is the pullout of failed flavors do you have any you know memories that stand out of like oh my god i totally messed up either with the process or you know if you're not embarrassed to share yeah. some of the failed flavors <laughs> beer munchies Talk yes about the, the beer, beer munchies. munchies yeah i, I you know it seems it seems <laughs> jackie's good. making a face like um <laughs> yeah but then jackie doesn't like the salted crack either so well, you know you can't yeah. um no the beer munchies was a, a beer uh, an apple lambic uh, beer ice cream and then we did a munchy version of like cheddar, cheddar snaps and cheddar Cheetos and all those things sort of crumbled up and, and baked with butter and sugar and this. Because, you know, cheese and beer go together and apples and cheese and beer. But and it didn't really, there might still be a good so flavor well. there, but it, it, it didn't work. There's one person <laughs> that keeps coming in occasionally because yeah. they did like it. So it, it was not without one. its fans, but it definitely was... Um, not something we plan to make again. <laughs> it's really funny, but you had a carton of it, I guess. When yeah, we had it. a couple of tubs of yeah. it. We make it tubs of it. You know, it's hard to make a little tiny batch anymore with a professional makers, so you sort of have to commit to at least making three or six gallons at a time. Right. <laughs> yeah, caramelized Cheetos. I don't know. Yeah. That might be <laughs> no. just too much. Um, well, we're almost out of time, but I would love to hear a little bit about the new shop that you guys are opening tomorrow in Gowanus, sort of... Um, what it, you have planned and yeah. it's beautiful i was up there last night um for sunset and it's just we have a roof deck that has lights that are strewn across it and um really um it's just a magical place um uh, there's an upstairs party room there's a downstairs um that's just beautiful and the production is all right there um we're opening our doors tomorrow at noon and um, and it's it's going to be really really sweet. Great. Well, I am definitely curious about the it came from Gowanus flavor. I'm sure some of our listeners are as well. So um, for people who want to come visit, what's the address? How do they get there? It's 305 Nevin Street, which is at the corner of Union, just down from Dinosaur Barbecue and the uh, new shuffleboard court there. All right. Yes, the Royal Palms. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. So if anyone's interested in shuffleboard and ice cream, uh, Ample Hills will have a second location as of tomorrow, and their new book is out in stores. So if you're curious about hand-churning your own ice cream or maybe 
trying out your own munchies or (laughs) extreme flavors. Um, Definitely a lot of great tips in there. So um, we're looking forward to eating a lot of your ice cream this summer. And thank you so much to Brian Smith and Jackie Kuskuna of Ample Hills Creamery for being with us today. Uh, This has been another delicious episode of Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. And I'm your host, Talia Ralph. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.